0: We're at the end of a a season where we've been teaching on the Hebrews 6 foundations and on the gifts of the Spirit, and we love you if you have not tagged into that. Go online, go onto our YouTube channel, uh, the Community Church Online, and find those videos. Find that teaching, which is designed not just to occupy a few Sundays, but but to change our lives together. It's important that we realize that because we're actually not at the end of a series, but at the start of an adventure of putting those words into practice. If we don't do that, we're like what we find in the Bible, the warning is to those who are hearers of the word and not doers, but we want to combine the hearing with faith and then action and see our lives change. And and it's important that we understand that that's why Kerry wanted us to look at certain things during the course of this year. He's our apostle, and the apostle knows how the church should grow and be built. And when the apostle comes and tells you something, let me say, we should pay attention to that. Paul wrote letters to the churches, and he didn't want them just to read and say, yeah, good old Paul, and then carry on with their life. No, we are to be those who change in the light of the Word. We want to see, as as leaders, but as our church family, us all growing in confidence. Yeah, I'm sorry. That should have been said. Kate, thank you. Thank you for subtly gathering the children up there. I did suddenly realize, was I supposed to do that? And then I think, no, but I'll take the fall for it. But thanks, kids, for doing that so quietly and brilliantly and so well. See... We teach these things, and we said not so that we might be those who, who, we want to be those people who go out into the world, into the marketplace, in your family, in your workplace, in, in your communities, and you use those words so that there will be a moment where your neighbor comes out and you say, how are you doing? And they say, actually, a bit under the weather, and you feel faith rise within you because that's part of the foundation of your life and that you offer, could I pray for you? Or that there's a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom towards people. It's not just so that we have those things taking place in a meeting, but we believe that it will have an impact for us in our gatherings. We're grateful for all the presence of God that we have and the gifts of God that are, are manifest, but we believe this is a time where there's going to be another level, another level of his presence, another level of a, a group of us as church and family together who come and see that exciting dynamic of the Holy Spirit breaking out inside us. To, to be anything less would just do an, be an injustice to the word of God that talks about what the people of God should be like when they meet. We know that when Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 26, he says, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation, and let all things be done for building up. Our celebrations and meetings should be filled with praise and a clear awareness that the Holy Spirit is present, is with us, and is moving. Our meeting should be like that. It's like there should be a thermometer, isn't it, that says, you know, I've been in a few places during COVID times, and there's been a person there with a little gun, nearly, and they pointed it at my forehead to see whether or not I was allowed in or not. Maybe we should have somebody there, but it's kind of a Holy Spirit temperature. Have you got hunger? Have you got thirst? Are you looking for the Lord this morning? Is there anything there? Is there any sign of life? There's got to be a pulse within us as the church. But it wasn't just to, to the Corinthian church that Paul wrote. He wrote to the Ephesians in, in, in chapter 5 and verse 18 and 20. We read these words. Be filled with the Spirit. That was constant. Be filled is constant, ongoing, continuous. Not just a one-off moment back in 1982 where I encountered the Holy Spirit. God save us from that being, being memory. Uh, rose-tinted spectacles of a time that was, but that God wants us as his people to be filled right now, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Paul is echoing that, which a couple of years earlier, possibly, he'd written to the to Corinthian church. It wasn't just that church. It was something for life, and it, That same happened. They say a couple of years later, the letter to the Colossians came. And in Colossians 3 and verse 16, we read this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let me just say a few things about that verse that's up there. It just says, the you, let the message of Christ dwell among... Actually, when I got baptized, that was the verse that somebody wrote. Or rather, that was the portion of the verse they wrote. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then it went dot, 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 speech marks. It was a nice thought. I got a nice little hymnal as, as, as a token to, for me to remember. But they cut that verse short. don't know why, but that's just what they did. I'll come to that in a moment. But when it says the you that let the message of Christ dwell among you ritually as you. It wasn't as you, John Sutton Smith, or as you, Maggie. He wrote it as you, the collective of the church. You all have a part to play. You are all to be involved. Many churches focus just on the first little bit of this message. Let the message of Christ dwell among you ritually as you teach and admonish one another. And they tend to stop here. And that leads to this. It leads to a pulpit preaching, usually by a solo person, oftentimes, oh, slightly changing them, but oftentimes by a man. And this isn't what was intended. Now, listen, we love the preaching of God's word, we love how it's opened up and it teaches and instructs us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's there. But Paul isn't writing and saying that's how you're going to be admonished and encouraged and taught. The scripture says, let the message of Christ all among you as you, as you richly, as you teach and admonish, admonish one another with all wisdom through. There was a vehicle through which That teaching and admonishment would come. And it was going to be through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, speaking to God with gratitude in your hearts. It was never intended that the apostles' teaching would see meetings reduced down to a prayer, hymn, preach sandwich. Much as though there might be some good in that, that wasn't what was intended when God's people gathered There was something far more interactive, and neither was it that there would be a room where the people, the congregation, became spectators to a platform or a stage, which happens so often, where musicians sing a song set no matter what's happening, and then we get to the Word. Now, I appreciate this. I am not knocking other churches, but that's not what Paul says. He says that us... Teach and admonish and encourage one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs from God and to God. That's the vehicle by which you and I are going to be encouraged. And he's expressed, I believe, in Ephesians and clearly in Corinthians where Paul is directly talking about public worship. But you cannot imagine that that is not relating to Ephesians and Colossians as well. You know, I don't want us ever to become a church that becomes like a concert. Because it'll be a poor man's concert because you'll have a better time going out there and, and into a real concert. It's more interactive than some church meetings where, to be honest, you might as well just put on YouTube for, for 15 minutes, half an hour. There's got to be a life that we, God's people, come together. And the excitement of us joining together in songs. Obviously, there's leading. There needs to be some vessel, a, a wineskin to hold that which we're expressing. But we do have to be careful. For God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That was what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, wasn't it? She was at the well. And Jesus says, it's spirit and in truth. That tells us this. We've all got a part to play. Could you just say that? We've all got a part to play. Could you just point to somebody and say, you've got a part to play. Come on, now look somebody in the eye. Say, you've got a part to play. Will you just point to yourself? Could you point to yourself? If you're at home watching this, will you point to yourself and not do this in your mind, but speak out say, I have a part to play. You can tell yourself a little bit more sternly than that, okay? I have a part to play. For when we come to him in spirit and truth, there's a powerful connection that's established. It's that we come, isn't it? It's like the plug socket into the wall. And at that point, power is released and can surge out through you and I as we come to worship him in spirit and in truth. Something happens when we as God's people come together and in a musical context, with melody and with sounds, maybe from instruments, there is something that is released which just doesn't happen elsewhere. In the Old Testament, we read about David coming to the king, and and King Saul, and as he ministered with the harp, he soothed a troubled spirit. Even in the natural realm, we know this is true, because music can elevate and soothe and calm our moods, can't it? It's why people go to the gym with pumping music as they're running along. And um, why they can't just enjoy the music without running along, it's a mystery to me. But if that's what you do, but you know that it affects you, you know that it can be feel good. If you put ELO, Mr. Blue Sky on, do you want? I don't care if you like it or not, that song, it makes me feel happy. That song makes me feel happy. I don't know what it does to the chemicals in my body, but music can do that. But what about music and worship and song that's to the Lord? What a dynamic that releases to me individually, but collectively when we come together. Many of David's psalms, of, and, and, and they were psalms of declaration and praise, love and adoration, they were made in challenging times. In fact, most of the psalms were actually laments, and they were part lament where he was expressing his concern or his, his desperate need for breakthrough or his enemies encircling him. But his praise and his worship created something where it turned his eyes to the Lord who was going to be his strength and his hope and his shield he was going to be the strong tower and it became just like later the prophet Isaiah would say in a verse that we're very familiar with in this church in Isaiah 40 verse 31 those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength mount up on wings like eagles they'll run and not be weary Isn't that the kind of faith that you want, rather than being tired out and worn out? It's the kind of faith that God promises to his people, that's you. That as we come and as we wait on the Lord together, as we praise and worship in spirit and truth, there's a release of something. Our praise can make an impact in a spiritual realm that sees breakthrough. The lips, your lips, out of the lips of children, he's ordained praise. And that praise can silence the enemy. That praise can see something take place that it happens initially in heaven and breaks out here on earth. When you consider that the walls of Jericho Jericho, And and, and in Joshua 6 and verse 5 in the English Standard Version, these are the words, I'm not sure if our version, if they come up, we'll show that. And, And it was the instruction what the people were to do. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, that was the priest, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. Jericho was the last city that stood between the people of God and Canaan its walls were so great that a chariot could ride around it. And yet God came and told the people to march around that city for six days in silence. And on the seventh day, they were going to raise a shout of praise. And as they did that, as they did that, which was totally counterintuitive, how could that have an impact on their situation and circumstances? But it was as the praise from all the people rose up. Bang! Those walls came down. In fact, it was an even greater miracle, wasn't it? Because we know a little bit of the wall with a house inside it with a certain lady who'd helped the spies, her wall didn't fall down. But the wall fell down at a particular point which allowed God's people to see breakthrough. It didn't make sense to them, but God was saying, if you'll praise me while the wall is still standing... Then you'll see things begin to change. And some of us, even today, in the room or outside, watching online, you've got a wall. There's that challenge. There is that battle. And it is counterintuitive with all of your feelings and emotions and the challenges that you face. It's counterintuitive to, to, to say, and yet I will praise the Lord. And yet, God your Father comes to you and to us today and says, come and praise me. Come and praise me. Our praise is powerful. Some people use the story, of, and maybe even I have, of Paul and Silas in prison. They've been beaten by the crowd. They've been flogged by the soldiers. They're in the inner cell. It's dark. They're hurting. And what do they do? They praise. And some people say, well, you know, it's counterintuitive to be in that situation and praise. I don't believe that. I think that Paul knew that praise was powerful that praise would usher in the sense of God's presence, that praise and worship to the king would release a strength and hope and faith. It was a key to unlocking the miraculous. After all, it was only a short while before that he'd been with Barnabas fasting and worshiping the Lord and the Holy Spirit broke in and said to the people, and it's in Acts 13 to this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. He knew that praise would release something. So it was not counterintuitive. It was the most natural thing in the world for Paul to come and give praise. It was a life habit. And maybe for us, it it falls a little bit down, the pecking order. Maybe for us, praise comes, we we, we kind of pray and we ask God eventually, because some of us are a bit slower at getting to it than we should be. But praise, right at the heart of what we do, in spirit and in truth, is going to release the presence of God to you personally, but to us collectively in these days. There's a time, and it's now. They knew worship would release power, and you know what? It did, didn't it? In fact, their praise touched the prisoners and the guards and the, the guy in charge of the prison where revival broke out they have been imprisoned in a place of peril, and they found that in praise, there was power released. And we're going to experience that, and we can do this morning. We're going to be going back into some worship. There's something happens when we worship together. There's a measure of his presence, which we don't get when we're just on our own. Now, that's not because God is limited, but something takes place. That's why you've heard us encouraging you, wherever possible, come and be with us. Be physically present. We're going to have praise and prayer this Wednesday. If you can be there, be there. There's plenty of space. We take all the precautions we can. I know that some can't, but for all who can, that's why we encourage you, because there's a breakout of God that's going to take place amongst us. It's what Paul encouraged the church to expect, and it's what we should But we've got a part to play. We just want to say we are in this next season in the life of the church. We're committing to be a people of the presence who press in to God's presence in worship. Just right now we're going to do it and in this next season in the life of the church. We're going to continue to be those who put Jesus at the center. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. We don't invite him to our meetings. It's his meeting. Let him do what he wants. It's his agenda. If he says or does something and we sing one song or no song. If he says, minister and lay hands, we're going to do that. If he says, be silent and still, we're, gonna do, we're just going to do what the Holy Spirit says. Even if that doesn't fit the model and the pattern of what we have done previously. We've got a part to play, all of us. We, we heard the word from the Lord, I believe, from Keith, saying to raise your expectations. We have got to play our part and come to our gatherings and be prepared. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He has clean hands and a pure heart. I can't live my life my way. I need to live for him. And if there's stuff that we need to change, we need to change. Come in line with what his word says. We need to be those who start saying, well, rather than, oh, well, it's somebody else. It's great because Ali sings that song to the Lord, doesn't she? And she sings that. And it's really great encouragement. Why not you? Oh, well, I can't really sing. Or oh, why not speak? Are you reading the word to find a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, an exhortation, encouragement, a thanksgiving that will build us up? How much do you and I do that before we come? Before we gather in those prayer and praise, before we gather in our Sundays? Now listen, don't beat yourself up, but just say, you know what, Dave, if truth be known, probably not too much. I've got a routine that happens prior to me coming in on a Sunday. And probably none of it, or very little of it, Involves me saying, God, could I be used today? We're going to come expectant. We're going to come even more than we have done it, Anticipating that he's going to move in us and through us. Could you believe that? If you're God's child, that is exactly what he wants you to do. And we believe in particular, in accordance with the prophetic words that have been spoken to this church. That there will be people... Who will be drawn into this very place because of the praise and presence of God that they find. We believe that the word came a long time ago that Southport would be sought out, that we would be sought out by people, that this is a place where the hungry and the thirsty will come and encounter the Lord. That's not just those to come, that's you and me as well. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I want more of you. And this is a place where prodigals who've maybe been away from God, they're going to come and they're going to find welcome home in the presence of the Lord. And know this is just what has been missing from my life. We will be those who are the carriers of the fire of His presence. Pastor Hai from Vietnam came and spoke that word to us. It doesn't just happen like, you know, if you see, did you see any of the Commonwealth, the torch being passed around, brought memories back of 2012 with the Olympics going up and down the nation. And, uh, and, and they would go from, from torch to torch, wouldn't they? And, 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 then, and then somebody would run their 100 meters and pass it on to somebody else. That isn't really, I'm, I'm responsible for the fire in my life. I want to be the carrier of the fire of God's presence. I need to come to him hungry and thirsty. I need to do what that verse in Ephesians said. You said, Holy Spirit, will you come? Come and fill me afresh. We sang songs of that earlier on. But all of us have a part to play. All of us have a responsibility. And to not line ourselves up with those prophetic words would be dishonoring to the word of the Lord that has been spoken. And I don't want to be in the camp of people who dishonor God's word. I know that's not your heart, but our heart is to say all of those things, a place of presence, a place of praise, a place that's sought out, a place where the hungry and thirsty will come and encounter the Lord, a place where prodigals will come and find a welcome home. And in order to achieve that, we are going to set aside times of praise and worship. We're going to wait upon the Lord. And our invitation to each and every one, and it is an invitation because there's nothing that we can force, is just to say we're going to have a moment now. We're going to listen to the voice of the Spirit. We're going to give to God something first. And we're going to worship the King again. And we're going to take this extra time that we've got this morning just to say, Jesus, you're right in the center and you're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all.